So I have the best job in the world because I get to go read a whole bunch of Martin Luther King's speeches and sermons and decide which one I want to share with you. And we will be, in honor of Black History Month, be sharing um, songs and poetry and uh, thoughts and music from um, black composers and black writers and black speakers um, because this is our cultural heritage. It's our cultural heritage, all of us. So, loving your enemies. We took a look at that last week. We've been working on the pillars of joy, and I've used as a model the eight pillars of joy set uh, for us by the Archbishop Desmond Tutu, recently of late, and the Dalai Lama, two very good friends of two opposite religions. The Dalai Lama does not believe in a god, per se. He believes in the way things are. Desmond Tutu believes in a very personal God, believed in a very personal God, and yet these men found within each other, just as the way all of us can find within each other, these commonalities. And when it comes down to it, I believe that if you love, God doesn't care what you call it. Amen. Compassion. Love. And so in how to have joy, we're talking about, because we can't just say, I want joy. <laughs> you just can't squeeze it out. You're not going to get joy that way. You get joy as a byproduct of the other things you do and are and say in your life. And they talked about these pillars. The first one, perspective. You have to have some perspective on life. If you only ever look at this and how it affects me, then you're only ever going to be joyful when something really good happens to you right at that moment. And to me, that's not joy. That's more like glee. It's momentary. So perspective, we have to have the perspective of being able to step back and say, man, even if I can't see this picture at all, I know it's not my picture. <laughs> it's a photo of all of us. So I can't stare at this one tiny pixel in this gigantic portrait of the world. Perspective. And then the other way, the very important way of having perspective is exactly what Martin Luther King was talking about. Look at something through your enemy's eyes. Look at something through your friend's eyes. Look at something through your mom's eyes. <laughs> I know I got a couple of you there. <laughs> Look at something through your neighbor's eyes. Can you see how everything that happens in this world is because we are looking through our own eyes and not thinking about how it affects everyone else? So when we get that perspective, that's called humility. And that's the second pillar of joy. We will never be able to have joy when we are self-important because the ego does not experience joy. The spirit experiences joy. The ego can experience temporary happiness or glee. We'll talk a little bit more about that. The ego experiences some really troubling glee sometimes. But your spirit experiences joy. And so humility is simply to get ourselves right-sided, which means, or right-sized, which means our ego in it. Spirit is it, but not my spirit. We believe in oneness, one spirit. 
You can call it the spirit of God, the spirit of love, the spirit of the Christ. One spirit, and that is where our humility comes from. And when we are humble and have perspective, then we can get into acceptance about what is going on in the world because we can't move from a false place. We have to know where we're starting from to know what the next step to take is. So that's partly about perspective. It's just getting into acceptance. This is the way it is. You know, one of the problems, and I, and, and I know this is really forward in my mind right now because of some personal reading that I'm doing and, and because of it being February, but there's racism in this country. And for years, there were a lot of people who were trying to say there wasn't. And I, I remember when Obama was elected, everybody was like, wow, it's over. We've got a black president. And I was like, oh, no, it's not. I mean, it's an awesome step forward. And I felt proud of us as a country for the first time in a long time that our European neighbors went, well, maybe they're not that crazy after all. They have since changed their minds, I'm sure. <laughs> but this idea of... Um, if you say there's no racism, then what can you do about racism? Nothing. And so what's been happening in this world in really painful ways is that we've had a mirror held up to us and a light shone on those parts of us that we would like to pretend are not there. But the only way to get past the shadow is to cast light on it. It's the only way to get past the shadow. And you do not get joy by denying truths that are uncomfortable for you. What you get is anxiety and walls built up between you and other people. You don't get joy from that. You can get joy when you say, yeah, this is what it is. I don't love it. And what is mine to do here? And then do that thing. And then joy can come as a byproduct of that, not just of doing the thing, but of the people you meet when you're doing the thing. The pop-up people, I call them. When you step forward in goodness and intention, the world pops up to meet you. I promise this is true. This is our year of abundance, and this is a portion of what abundance means. And so when we have humility, we have a sense of humor about life. We get into acceptance, which we have to have a sense of humor about. And when we are in acceptance, then we can begin to behave from compassion. Compassion is another way. Compassion is taking that perspective of the other person and taking it deeply, more deeply. Compassion means not just having the perspective of the other person or being aware of their pain, Compassion means being aware of their pain and being willing to do something about it. So compassion is that next step <clears throat> on our joy to journey. On our journey to joy. <laughs> kind of works either way. And out of compassion, we find forgiveness. And I'm telling you, until you find acceptance, you can't find forgiveness because you don't know what it is you're forgiving. So if you say, oh, that's all right. When it's not, you're not in a good place. That's called you're, you're lying, you're tamping down, you're building walls. And the first person we have to forgive is ourselves. If, you're not, if you don't have self-forgiveness, you're not really going to forgive anybody else because what I know is the yardstick by which we measure ourselves is the same yardstick that we beat other people up with. <laughs> right? 
That's our judgment. So joy comes from not when all of those things are done or over, but joy comes from engaging in those things, engaging, remembering. As many times as our ego takes over, remembering again to be humble, remembering again who's really in charge here. Putting anger where it belongs is what the Dalai Lama says, at causes and conditions, not at the people, but at the conditions themselves and the causes themselves and do something about that rather than killing the people. Because war never brings peace. And that kind of uh, violence never brings joy. It can bring glee. So the next step, as the Dalai Lama and Desmond Tutu put forward after forgiveness and compassion, is gratitude and generosity. Gratitude is one of my favorite things to talk about because in my life, when I get really down and I can't see one good thing, I remember that I need to start giving thanks because you never are in a place where there's not one good thing. I have been in a place where I was giving thanks for my shoelaces and the fact that I knew how to tie them so that when I walked, my shoes didn't fall off. You know, it can be that basic or it can be as glorious as thank you for the sunset. When I walked in this morning, Jason was saying, you know, we're alive another day. <laughs> another day, we woke up alive. A lot of people did not. We woke up alive today. There's gratitude. We woke up to this beautiful blue sky. We woke up to melting snow and ice. There's always something to be thankful for. And so giving thanks isn't about <clears throat> God needs to hear you thank God because God's like, I'm waiting for the magic word before you get anything else. It's not apparent like that. We give thanks because it's good for us, because it makes us aware of what is true. And what is true is that we are amazingly blessed in every moment of life. No matter how far down on the ladder we are, we have amazing, amazing blessings. And so what gratitude does is just brings us into awareness of those blessings. When you're aware of your blessings, you are joyful. It's not the blessings that make you joyful. It's the awareness of them. And so remembering simply to say thanks. Thank you. Thank you that all I have to do to have coffee in the morning is push a button. Because it was pre-made the night before. Now, he could have said it at the time when I was going to get up, and I wouldn't have even had to push the button. But I <laughs> that is an example of, yeah, I could go, he knows I get up at least 7 on Sundays. Or I could go, look, I pushed the button and the coffee's already made. All I have to do is wait a few minutes. Or if there's no coffee, I could go in and say, I have coffee in the house and I can make coffee, which is one of my favorite things, you know? Maybe that's not something you're grateful for. What are you grateful for this morning? I'm grateful that we made it here safely. I'm grateful that I can take off this sweater, which is making me sweat. <clears throat> <laughs> So we have this gratitude. We have this attitude of gratitude. I know you've heard this. Attitude of gratitude. And we forget. And every time we forget, that's an opportunity to remember again. 
thank you. I mean, you say one thank you, and there are a million things that follow it. Thank you for the coffee this morning. Thank you that I have a husband that made the coffee. Thank you that I have a husband at all. Thank you that I have a coffee pot. Thank you that I have a kitchen to put the coffee pot in. Thank you that I have electricity that I can plug my coffee pot into. Thank you for the people thousands of miles away who have picked these beans and roasted them and transported them. Thank you for all the hands who've touched them to get them to me today. There is no end. If you start giving thanks, there is no end to it. And when you allow yourself to truly dig into gratitude, to truly be aware of your blessings, I swear, your blessings will multiply. Is it that they multiply or that you become more aware? I don't know. I just know the way it works for me is when I become aware, suddenly I have a lot more blessings. I have a lot more to be thankful for. Gratitude brings joy. It brings joy. And that kind of joy in particular puts us in a place of generosity. Because when we're not in thank you, when we're in, yeah, but, yeah, there's coffee, but he didn't do it right. Or, yeah, the roads are clear, but there's still some icy patches. Or, yeah, the sky's blue, but it's still too cold. You know, we do that. I call it the yabbits. We have the yabbits. Yeah, but the yeah is the blessing, y'all. And the but, well, I just butt out. <laughs> butt out of it. The yeah is the blessing. Stay in the yeah. Stay in the yeah, and it will lead you to more yeahs. And that is joyful. And that creates a spirit of generosity within you because the buts are the places that you believe in lack. The places where you say, but, are the places where you're saying to God, to the universe, to the one spirit of all love, it's not enough. It's not enough. There's not enough. I'm not enough. They're not enough. We're not enough. And when that is in your awareness, if this is what you're making yourself aware of, then that's the world you live in. And you will live in a world of not enough. And the moment you say, I live in a world where God provides for every need. I live in a world that is run by love, that was created by love. I live in a world where love is my sacred duty and my sacred privilege. Love to have, love to give, love to share, love to express, love to experience. Then I begin to see the world from this place of generosity, and I understand that giving something to someone else never takes anything away from me. And when I say generosity, yes, I'm talking about money. I'm talking about material goods. When you get into the sense, the spiritual generosity, then you find yourself not just tithing, but, you know, giving really large tips to the waiters because you've become aware of how hard their job is and how much you appreciate it by stopping and talking to someone who is living on the street rather than just throwing a dollar, saying, how are you? From that spirit of generosity, love flows. It flows through you. And once you engage in that spirit of generosity, 
which I think starts a lot with gratitude, once you engage in that, then you're, you're almost on autopilot. God is running through you. Let me be an open channel. If love is why I'm here, if I'm here to express the love of God in this physical material world, then let me be an open channel. Let me allow that love to flow through me at every moment. Because guess what? It does unless I turn off the spigot. And so I got to keep the spigot open. How do you keep your spigot open? I've shared with you before, one of the ways that I keep my spigot open is to sing. That opens me up. I can't stay closed down and mad if I'm singing. I just can't. I just can't. And I'm not talking about performing. I'm talking about singing. Well, I'm unloading the dishwasher, in the shower, wherever. And if I'm not singing, there's, uh, there's some place that I'm, that I'm at, at least fooling with that spigot and tightening it up. So that's, that's become a way for me to remind myself, okay, what's going on here? What are you not aware of that you need to be aware of? What gratitude are you not aware of that you need to be aware of? What is going on that you, don't, that you want to be in denial of rather than acceptance of? And then that gets me back into being a channel of joy. And it doesn't mean it's always easy. And I fail again and again and again and again. And every failure is an opportunity to remember. Every forgetting is simply another opportunity to remember. And that's all we're here for. We're not here to not ever forget. We're here to keep remembering. We're here to keep remembering. And that generosity of spirit expands much further than our material good. It expands into, we're not jealous anymore. When we truly understand that, that what anyone else has cannot possibly take away from us, then we have no reason to envy or have jealousy. And when I'm talking about jealousy, you know, if you ever have that twinge of, I could have done that, should have done that, why did she get to do that? Those twinges of competition, of competitiveness, those are things that a spirit of total generosity will allow you to release. Because you know you have your own, you don't need anybody else's. Because you know that who you are is exactly who you're supposed to be. You don't need to be anybody else or to lead anyone else's life. And that attitude of generosity will flow through you and bless everything around you. And guess what, y'all? If you go around blessing things, they bless you back. That's the way the world works. That's, and, I, and I'm guilty of it. I'm a shy person. It is difficult for me to engage with people that I don't know. I know that seems weird that I stand up in front of people, but it's a completely different thing. When I go to the grocery store, it is not my normal way to be to have my head up and say, hi, how's your day? It's not, I'm like, let me just get out of here with as little contact as possible. Just got to get home, you know? That's, that's, my na that's where I naturally go to. Now, if I'm with Bob, problem solved, because he talks to every single person in the grocery store. We find out where they went to school and where, who they married, and we always find out that somebody's great uncle's cousin was related to somebody that he was related to in Sherman, Texas. <laughs> The seven, six degrees of separation. And I, and I have to make myself do that. I have to remember to do it. It's not even so much the making myself. I have to remember that it's important. That it's important to smile at people. 
that no matter what, how bad a day I'm having at the grocery store, I'm leaving here with a car full of groceries, and these people have to stay here and keep working with people like me who don't even necessarily notice how hard they're working. Gratitude again. Again, gratitude, generosity, gratitude, generosity, gratitude, generosity. Another way that gratitude and generosity work for us are in beauty. When you begin to appreciate beauty, not just this good thing happened, but simply beauty for its own sake, art for its own sake, nature for its own sake, the beauty in another human being for its own sake, not from what it can give to you, but for its own sake. When we begin to take in beauty, the world becomes more beautiful. You want to live in a beautiful world? Take in the beauty that's around you. You don't have to go to the Grand Canyon or Scotland. It's fun to do that, but you don't have to do that. There is beauty here. Find it. Find it. And when you meet someone that you don't like very much, if you meet them with an attitude of, I'm going to find something I like about you. I'm just going to keep talking to you until I find something that we can agree on. There's a beautiful story that was told by my friend, uh, Reverend Christopher Chenoweth, that he, when he was in um, ministerial school, there was one person in his class. And, you know, usually you're in a pretty small class. You know everybody. You're in most of your classes together. And um, this guy said, I just can't stand this guy. Every time he opens his mouth, I just cringe. I can't hardly stand to be in this classroom. I can't stand him. I can't stand him. And hoping that his teacher would move him to a different place or something. But... The teacher said, um, I want you to come back next week and tell me something that you like. One thing. Find one thing that you like about him. And the guy came back week after week. I've tried. There's not one thing. And finally, the teacher said, one thing. Look at him right now. One thing. And he said, well, I like his tie. And the professor said, go tell him that. Go tell him that you like his tie. His opening up and saying, hey, man, I like your tie, led to a 30 years long friendship. Somebody, you know, as I said to you last week, there's nobody that you couldn't love once you know their story. Everybody is acting from the hurt that they experience. Everyone is acting from the fear that they experience, including us, unless we bring ourselves into an awareness of this great beauty, this great joy, this great potential. In every moment, every single potential exists. Can you think about that? You think you know what's going to happen in the next moment, but you don't. And I'm not saying that a building might drop on you, although it might. But you might just get a thought of genius that leads you into a whole different place of your life. You might meet a person who has more influence on you than anybody you've met so far. You might stumble into and knowing about yourself that allows you to have a deeper love and forgiveness of yourself. And once you have a deeper love and forgiveness for yourself, then it's so much easier to give it to someone else. You don't know what's going to happen in the next moment. All possibility. If you can't think of anything to be thankful for, be thankful that in the next moment, every single possibility exists again. 
and another moment of possibility and another moment of possibility. This is God's world. This is the way we were created. We were created to be creators, right? What are you creating? What life are you creating? Did you just go, okay, this is one I'm given, so not doing any more work on that. I'll just keep a list of what I like and what I don't like about it. If you, you know, the Dalai Lama also said, if, if you don't like, if, if there's nothing you can do about it, then why let it drag you down? And if there's something you can do about it, why let it drag you down? Go do it. <laughs> Go do the thing you can do about it. Go do the thing you can do about it. We can begin to use our senses to hear and see and smell and touch and taste the beauty that is around us. Awareness, mindfulness. Aware mindfulness is simply an awareness that we continue to carry from moment to moment to moment, not an awareness that immediately goes back to sleep. And mindfulness is something that can happen with practice. It's something that we cultivate something that we get better at as we practice it more and more, being right here and nowhere else, being right here and nowhere else. And we will be given, we will find, we will happen upon the joy that is ours to receive as we engage in these things that we talked about. The universe responds to what we send out. Let's begin to send out our perspective, our humility, our humor, our acceptance, our compassion, our forgiveness, our gratitude, and our generosity. And I promise you, it will flow right back to us even more than we thought we could possibly get or receive. I believe this and I hold it as the truth for you as well as for myself. Thank you. So let's just take a moment um, to take that in meditation. Breathe in. Get yourself relaxed. Just focusing on the breath for a minute can bring us into this present moment. So let's just be here with our breath for a moment. And as you sit and breathe, I ask you to just move your facial muscles into a smile. To breathe is good. I didn't earn this breath. It was given to me freely. And in this place of smile, I ask you to think of one thing of beauty that has touched you today. It can be big or small, it doesn't matter. Hold that thing of beauty in your mind, in your heart, and say thank you.
Think of a person in your life who blesses you on a regular basis. In this smiling place, simply hold the picture, the presence of that person in your mind for a moment. And say thank you. some gift that you have. You know what your gifts are. It doesn't have to be fancy like music or art. It can be kindness, encouragement, the ability to listen to someone. say thank you. Because when you give thanks for a gift, the gift grows. I want you to think of someone in your life who is difficult to be with, for whatever reason. Maybe brings up your fear or jealousy or envy, your anger. Hold that person to the best of your ability now in this smiling place and say thank you. I know you are my teacher. Teach me to see the things within myself. That I would like to change. Maybe you clarify my thoughts around something. Maybe you give me the opportunity to find my gift of patience or fortitude, humor, whatever it is, give thanks. I'm going to ask you to do something that might be harder. Think of someone who is in power in this country. It's the country we live in. Someone who is in power. Someone that you don't that you don't actually agree with, perhaps. Keep your smile. Invite that person into this smiling space. And simply say, thank you for being an expression of God in this world. You don't have to see it to know it's there. 
Jesus promised that. All of the great masters have promised. We're all children of the one God. Perhaps if I can't see anything good, that is a flaw of my ability to see rather than of their ability to be. As you hold this gratitude, this ability to be grateful, this ability to look upon another with curiosity and with the eyes of love, opens your heart. to more good, more love, more beauty, more value, more gifts, an expansion of the gifts that you have. This is the way it works. It's not always easy, but it is worth it. Your joy depends on it. And so in this final moment, we say, thank you, God, for this joy. Thank you that it's a possibility in our lives. Thank you that it can surprise us. Thank you that when we lose it, we know how to find our way back to it. By loving, by forgiving, by being compassionate, by seeing from someone else's point of view, by being grateful. And then we can claim the joy of God as ours, as we do in this moment. Thank you, God. Amen.